0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I want you to grab your Bibles today. There's a lot of truth to that. I want you to grab your Bibles, Philippians. We're going to go to Philippians chapter one. And I'm just going to continue kind of what we're feeling. I believe it's a word for this house. And I told the sound men earlier, and you guys just helped me in the, the systems. I want to sound like T.D. Jakes and I want to look like Stephen Fertig. So However, you do that. Anybody ever heard of T D Jakes? Get ready, get ready, get ready. Okay, there we go. There we go. Just turn turn up a little reverb. Here we go. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. I love this scripture. Being confident. I love it when, when a man of God just says, I'm confident in you. One of the things I told Pastor Bobby earlier, I feel such health in this house. This is a healthy house. Your teams are healthy. Your pastors are healthy. Your ministry is healthy. The doctrine is healthy. It's a very healthy house. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love that because the word it was inserted by the translators. It's really he will continue to complete it until you see Jesus. See, some of you need to understand that he's still working on you. He has not finished with you yet. I want to go to the message interpretation. The message interpretation is kind of interesting because I didn't say translation because it's not. I know that. Duh. It's an interpretation. But I like it. So I want us to read what Eugene Patterson said. Same verse. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it. Say keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. I want to know if you're still breathing. How many of you are dead? Wave at me. If you're not dead, you haven't seen Jesus yet because we have not approached the second coming. I have not seen him on a horse and I have not seen him on death. So if I have not seen him appear on a white horse and I have not died, then I am flourishing. He will keep at it and you will flourish until the day of Jesus Christ. Go to 1 Kings 17 and verse 7. Something weird. You hear that Haley the 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 like up the sound something weird like in the bottom it's kind of like a I don't know sound like a frog. They're going to work it out first service I scream my voice out so I'm fixing to hit it hard. 1 Kings 17 verse 7 and it happened after a while see I love that the Lord always up it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land now you got to catch up with me right here the brook dried up because the very prophet that we're talking about the brook dried up because he had prophesied that there was going to be a drought sometimes God will use his will to make people uncomfortable I'll say that again. Sometimes God will use his will to make people uncomfortable. That's why you can't lean on happy. You have to lean on the joy of the Lord. Because happy, uh-uh, hold on, happy is circumstantial. Joy is supernatural. So there are things that happen that I'm not happy about, but I understand it's the will of the Lord. It rains on the just and the unjust. So with joy shall I draw waters out of the well of salvation. So I'm joyful even when I'm not in a happy circumstance. I'm Rejoicing even when I'm not in a, when I'm in a limited circumstance. Yeah. Yeah, the word of the Lord came and said, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs in Zidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So God speaks to the prophet, but then he has spoken to a widow. What you have to understand in this scenario is Sidon is the capital city of the god Baal. So when God got ready to set up for a miracle, he made sure that he repositioned the prophet to go to where he is going to get the greatest glory. I just preached and somebody should have got that. When God gets ready to get the glory, sometimes what looks like something's drying up, it's not being dried up. You're just being detoured to go to where the word of the Lord has already spoken over your life. It's... it's, it's 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 not a barrier it's a blessing it is it is not God saying no it is God saying not now there has to be a repositioning I've commanded and he arose and went to Zarephath and when he came to the gate of the city indeed I love indeed because it's like for real a widow was there gathering sticks gathering sticks say that sticks sticks represent brokenness and he called to her, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going, he said, hey, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Just like a preacher. Bring me an offering. I don't even know you yet, but bring me an offering. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. Sticks represent brokenness. Flour represents flesh. Oil represents the anointing. All I have left is broken flesh and a little oil. Let me prepare it for my son and myself that I may go eat it and die. I love this. I got this and I'm going to go eat it and die. Now listen. watch this preacher. Watch this preacher. And Elijah said to her do not fear. Go and do as you said. Go die. Go do as you have said but make me a small cake from it first. See it's not even enough. If you eat what you have you will die. But here's how much I love you. I want you to give me part of what if you ate it, it's not enough already, but I want you to give me part of your not enough. And if you, I'm preaching to somebody already right now. What you have is not enough. What you have can't meet your needs, so it must be a seed. So all of a sudden, he said, I want you to do this, and I want you to bring me this, and bring it to me, and afterwards make some for you and your son. Thus says the Lord God of Israel. Say, he prophesied the bin of flour shall not be used up nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord, see that goes into the Philippians part until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth this is where I want to preach today so she went, say that, so she went and did according to the word of elijah what did she do according to she did according to the prophetic word and she and her household ate for many days the bin of flour was not used up nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the lord which he spake by elijah i just want to declare to this house I want to declare corporately, but individually, I'm preaching to somebody today that doesn't have much left. You're coming out of COVID. You're coming out of of all the issues with your jobs and your careers, your families. You're coming out of mental struggles. You're coming out of depression. You're coming out of fear. Some of you are coming out of divorce. Some of you are coming out of church hurt. Some of you are coming. You say, I never thought I'd go to a church like this, but I'm so desperate. I know these people are crazy, and you got a preacher that's screaming in the microphone, and I know I'm not used to that, but I'm so desperate for God right now. That I'll, I'll, I'll try. I wanted to stay over here at the brook. I wanted to hang out with the ravens in the brook and camp out at Brook Cherith. But my brook has dried up and I'm desperate and I'm looking for a word from the Lord. And my word for you today, are you ready? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to prophesy to what's left. I want you to open your mouth and begin to prophesy, begin to speak to what you have left, not to what you have lost. Because we are in a season of refreshing. I honestly feel, Pastor, I didn't know you were going to do that with the kids. I believe that this church is in the midst of a reset. God is resetting you and nothing forward is going to look like the past. You need to wave goodbye. I wish somebody would jump up. You need to wave goodbye to the past. Every hurt, every offense, everybody that's abandoned you, rejected you, lied on you, mistreated you. you turn and say, bye-bye, baby. Bye Felicia. Bye Felicia. You're discouraged and say, bye Felicia. My discouragement has to go. My fear has to go. My confusion has to go. My loneliness has to go. I gotta go. There's a divine reset. There's a divine reset. No, I don't think you got me. That's why when I got up here, I said, it's my time for a comeback because I can feel it. See, there's some of you that have been taught all your life, you got to fake it till you make it. How many of you have been taught that? Oh, you got to fake it till you make it. If you fake it till you make it, you're going to have a breakdown. I don't fake it. I faith it. I don't lean to my own understanding I don't lean to my own senses and what my eyes can see I don't walk by sight but I walk by faith and some of you need to faith it because right now you can't see it but you're feeling like you're in a season of a comeback I can't see it but I feel like my marriage is getting better I can't see it but I feel like my children are about to get saved I can't see it but I feel finances are coming I can't see it but I feel some joy coming up but it doesn't look you can't say no, but I feel something. Who am I preaching to today that you're feeling a comeback? You're feeling a comeback. Can y'all hear me all right? I'm feeling a comeback. That's the thing. somebody just got it. I feel like a comeback. I feel that season. I've been prophesying to that lately. The Lord spoke to me uh, at the beginning, before COVID. Somebody say pre-COVID. Ooh, I think America, I think we're kind (laughs) of... Instead of, instead of how it used to be, I think now it's pre-COVID, post-COVID. Instead of ADBC, now it's pre-COVID, post-COVID. Or now, not post-COVID, we're in the middle of COVID. Different COVID. And so in the middle of all this transition, all this, I got up and, and, and the Lord gave me a word. And here's the thing that, that I think you have to understand. I know your pastor's more prophetic than me, but, and I don't say that to blow him up. He is. He is a prophet, just so you know that. He don't just prophesy. He is a prophet. But just so you know, baby, his mantle, the prophetic one, is on you. I just leaned over and told him, I'm not playing. That part of his gifting is on you. I'm talking about a shifting. He's coming to Oasis. He's coming to Oasis. He's called people out so much that I've got my head down. Stephanie and I have our head down because he is so specific. They know we've been talking to him. We're such good friends, we don't even hardly ever talk on the phone because I'm afraid and he's afraid we're going to say something to each other about ministry. Then, when we come in, say, so I don't know nothing about you, he don't know anything about my people, he's calling out people almost by name. I mean, it's crazy. But when you're prophetic and you're a preacher, here's what happens. God gives you a word. But when he gives you a word and it's really good, you want to preach it. So you turn that word into a sermon. So last year, about February, last year the Lord gave me a word. And he said, it it come to me like this. See, when he gives me a word, he gives me a phrase. And it said what I said earlier. But see, when God speaks to me, he don't speak in white. He don't speak in Caucasian. He don't speak in redneck. He doesn't say prophesy to what's When God speaks to me, it's prophesy to once left. So when God spoke to me, it was like prophesy to once left. I was like, okay, Lord, I get up on a Wednesday night and I preach my head off because, see, my son, he lets me out of a cage on Wednesday nights. On Sunday morning, I got to behave. Pastor said it. They've already told me. The pastors, Caleb, have already told me how much time I have. I cannot preach past three o'clock. They've already told me that they put me in a perimeter. And so I can't preach, Pastor. But Pastor Alex lets me come out of a cage every once on Wednesday night. And I lost my mind. When I lose my mind, I come on top of a chair. And I'm pre- I'll prophesy to what I mean. I preached. It was good. When I left, I thought it was good. I was high-fiving myself. That boy's a preacher. And then we went on like nothing happened. Then March, COVID hit. We lost our minds. We hiding at home. I had a bandana on. I didn't even know about the little mask. I was wearing a bandana with a Stetson. No, don't laugh at me. My wife's got on one right now. I literally had on a real bandana. I walked out looking like a hood. I looked like a, I walk in 7-Eleven. They were looking for the shotgun because I was walking in. And we went through all this. We lived through the year. You know why you laughing? You know some of you got a shield and a mask and oil. You walk in in Walmart putting oil on everything. I plead the blood of Jesus. Give me some toilet paper. You know. I mean, the blood's not enough for some of y'all. Y'all got a shield, a mask, a bandana, Darth Vader. <laughs> I am your father. Give me some toilet paper. So anyway. <laughs> oh, we're going to have fun this service. <laughs> so we get, we're going through all that. And we go through it for like a year and a half. So all this is going on. Well, about March this year, the Lord began to speak to me. And he said, I want you to go ahead and I want you to go back to your pulpit. And I want you to preach that word from the Lord. I'm like, what word from the Lord? I get a word. I preach it every week. I preach good stuff every week. He said, no, I haven't given you a word from the Lord this whole season. It's been good sermons. It's been the Bible. It's been real. It's been good. But he began to teach me that just because you got a word doesn't mean it's the right time. Or have you been positioned in the right way? to give or receive a word from the Lord. See, you don't plant seed unless it's seed time because you can harvest all you want to. But if you plant seed at harvest time, all you're going to dig up is the seed. So the seed has to be planted at seed time, and then there's a harvest so he began to teach me you can have a word of the Lord that is not in the time of God so when I released the sermon it was a fact but it did not carry the prophetic seed to go into the soul of the heart it was just good preaching but he said if you will preach it again I want you to open your mouth and preach the same word prophesy to what you have left and I said Lord why he said because when you preached it you hadn't lost anything No, 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 you're going to stay with me. Because he said it's easy to preach when you haven't lived it. It's easy to preach healing if you've never been sick. It's easy to preach provision if you've never been broke. It's easy to correct children if you've never had teenagers. It's easy. It's easy to criticize a church if you've never been a pastor. It's easy to talk about other people if you've never lived in their shoes. It's easy to preach, I wish you'd punch somebody, but I'm living through some things. I'm living through some fear. I'm living through some depression. I'm living through some anxiety. I'm living through some financial troubles. I'm living through some marital troubles. I'm living through some emotional problems. He said, I want you to preach it because you haven't lost anything. I said, I said, Lord, what do you mean? I look back from the last year and a half on loss, loss in our church, jobs, careers, health, our building delay, finances, adding a million dollars to this. You gotta add this, gotta do this. And I'm pulling my hair out, my beard's getting white. He said, I want you to stop praying about what you don't have, and I want you to look around at what you do have. You still have your health, you still have your marriage, you still have your family, you still have a word from the Lord. I've come to preach to the Riverside Church today that the spirit of the Lord is speaking to you right now. Quit thinking about what you've lost and start rejoicing over what you have left. Somebody to jump up and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. I ought to be dead, but I'm still here. I ought to be bankrupt, but I'm still here. I should have lost my job, but I'm still here. I should have lost my mind, but I'm still here. I should have lost my family, but I'm still here. I should have lost my ministry, but I'm still here. No, I I, I want to make sure you're getting that. We are here by a miraculous favor of God. God has brought people from different rivers. I don't know. I'm just sniffing in the spirit right now. But I smell Baptists, Methodists, Lutherans, Catholics, Pentecostal. I smell Latinos, Caucasians. I smell people don't know what they are. I'm smelling all kind of stuff that says, I don't care what you used to be. What we are now is one church, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We don't even know what kind of church we are. People ask People ask us all the time. You a white church? No, you a black church? No, you a latino church? No, you a asian church? No, we everybody. <laughs> then they want to ask us, "Oh, so you're non-denominational?" I'm like, "No, we're interdenominational." We everything. You can be a Baptist and be an oasis. You can be a Catholic. You can be a captist. I don't care. What I want to know, are you stepping into the purpose and the will of God for your life? Is Jesus Lord and has the Holy Spirit repositioned you? been in a season of loss, and I, I begin to pray into this in the last few months, especially in the last few weeks. It's been almost eating me alive, this concept, because he spoke to me in that issue, and he said, you haven't lost anything, and then he said, you need to study loss, and I was like, oh, no, Lord, I'm a prosperity preacher. You don't understand. I'm a faith preacher. <laughs> I'm a name it and claim it, scream it and deem it, seed it and see it. Hey, I mean, <laughs> I'm one of those kind of preachers. He said, no, you need to study loss. Because weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He said, no, 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 quit praying for joy. Recognize when you're weeping. Because if you recognize when you're weeping, the only thing that can come next is joy. I want everybody that's been weeping the last couple of weeks, you ought to jump up right now. Your joy is coming. If you've cried any tears night, at night, little week at night, little week at night. Okay, if you've cried anything in your sleep, the Holy Spirit is moving on you. Joy! say joy he said i want you to stay lost so i did so i did somebody say loss has benefits number one loss produces shaking have you ever put a bunch of rocks or where are you guys where's my men over 50 there's three of you okay thank you got young people everywhere around here but got some good looking men over 50 aren't we just saying okay anyway so <laughs> i didn't say over 80 sir i said over 50 no i'm just playing just playing so so he said, Lost, have you ever played we played marbles or we played rocks? You'd take a jar and you'd put the rocks in a jar and you would shake the jar. Was it Prophet James Brown or Prophet Elvis that said there's a whole lot of shaking going on? <laughs> I don't know what prophet it was. It was some prophet said that, but when you shake, when you shake the rocks, what happens? The big rocks come to the top. Have you noticed that we've been living through a sifting season? That the Holy Spirit has been separating the sheep from the goats? The Holy Spirit has been separating American cultural Christians that just want to go to church for 30 minutes, drink a cup of coffee, and still live like hell. And there's some other people that so Jesus as Lord. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. At Him I live and Him I die. There's still some people there's still some people that believe that that I believe that I am totally transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost I believe the scripture for as many as are led by the Spirit of God not as many as are led by CNN not as many as are led by Fox News not as many as are led by denomination but as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are the sons of God and there's a shifting going on there's a sifting going on and the big rocks are coming to the top I wish you punch somebody say a big rock you coming to the top but what we have to understand is in this sifting season God has removed I'm not saying removing I walked in today I haven't been here only in over five years that's your fault not mine (laughs) about six years I think about six years since I've been here but and now you know why (laughs) because I cray cray (laughs) so (laughs) but I walked in today and it almost knocked me over the purity and the joy and the release, something has broke off this church. There's a cloud of oppression. Hush. There was a cloud of heaviness that I used to feel, even though you're praising, even though it's a prophetic, there was a cloud of darkness like the enemy was trying to run you out of town. I feel like you have broke through something in this season. I'm not saying he's taken some stuff off. I'm saying he's taken it off in this season. He's taken from me. He's taken legalism. He's taken fear and condemnation, false expectations. Many of you had a false expectation of church, but in COVID, you realize what church is. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I don't need a stage. I don't need a microphone. Just get me and Stephanie with a bandana on, hiding in our living room with a cell phone, and I can have church all by myself. False expectations, erroneous thinkings about God, all of these issues he's been removing. And now there's a sifted church going into the future because what we have to understand is even though that loss sifts things, it also produces joy. I know you don't know this, but as I was studying, I realized that loss produces joy. Say that loss produces joy. See, there's a certain level of joy that you would never experience if you hadn't have gone through that heartbreak. I quoted it a while ago. Weeping man dear for her night. See, some of you don't understand. It rains on the just and the unjust. Good people have bad days and bad people have good days. But I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that it's the upside of down. Can I preach about Joseph about two minutes? The depth of the prison determines the height of the promise. The lower the dungeon, the higher the destiny the greater the attack the greater the anointing the lower hell takes me the higher God's going to lift me you want me to prophesy to myself you want me to prophesy to myself the lower Can I preach to some of you? Can I preach to some of you that you feel condemned coming to church? Because you say, Preacher, you don't know what I've been through or where I've been. I want to preach to you. Because if you've been to the point that you say no one in this church has been as low as I've been, then you're also saying no one in this church has a destiny like I do. Because the size of the depth of my trouble is a prophetic indicator of the level of anointing and joy that he's bringing. I want to preach today. Jesus. Somebody say, Jesus. Jesus in John 16. You can't argue with Jesus. You can argue with Rivera, Suber, Gandhi. You can't argue with Jesus in John 16, He said, therefore you now have sorrow. This is what I love about American Christians. American Christians skip over all this part of the Bible. But Jesus said, hey, guess what? You're going to have sorrow. Station break. You now have sorrow, but I'll see you again. And your heart will rejoice. And your joy no one will take from you. Your joy. I know you're weeping now. I know you're going through some struggle now. Can I take about one minute and preach about heaven? See, some of you need to realize Victoria is not heaven. I know you love it. Austin is not heaven. We have stopped preaching about heaven in the American church. But in the last year and a half, some of you have been getting homesick. Some of you have been thinking about that city where the lamb is the light. You've been thinking about that place where there's eternal celestial peace, where there's no tears, no sorrow, no sickness, no poverty, no divorce, no abandonment. Anybody here want to go? Because when I get there, I'm going to have everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. Y'all making me want to preach. I almost busted out into Joy Unspeakable. (laughs) Y'all don't even know that song. Number three, say loss produces. I like this part. This is where the Lord messed with me. Loss produces change. Loss produces change. See, loss can function as a catalyst that pushes us in a new direction kind of like a closed road that forces us to find another destination or direction. You come, you've driven that road forever. It's the only road you've ever taken. But when you come, the bridge is out and there's a sign that says road closed. But you have to find a detour. But you didn't know that on that detour is a beautiful crystal stream. On that detour is the most beautiful pasture you've ever seen. On that detour some property and some sites that you've never seen in your life. And if you had not run into a barrier, you would have never found that blessing am I talking to that there are some doors that have shut it is not God rejecting you it is God redirecting you I want to preach this thing I want to preach this thing well preacher I got church hurt don't blame that church go to where God's sending you well preacher I got offended don't blame who offended you go find somebody that loves you go find somebody that will celebrate you go find somebody that will elevate you I'm anointed. Can I give you some free pastoral tips? You'll never be elevated when you're not celebrated. That went over like high heel tennis shoes. Like a bologna sandwich at the bar mitzvah. See, some of you need to understand what you're looking at. Rejection, destiny. Rejection is always destiny's friend. That's not original. That's for my wife. Because when Judas kissed Jesus, Judas thought he was betraying him, but Judas was positioning him for the cross. Because if he had never been to the cross, he would never have been able to release the divinity that was in the body of Jesus. So when destiny, when rejection kissed him, it was destiny pushing him. I want to know who feels rejected, who feels like somebody's wounded you, abused you, turned on you. Instead of lying and hating and kicking, why don't you just say, Push me? Push. Me into my destiny. Go ahead, and push me out. Push me into my anointing. Push me into my calling. And then the last little point on this is lost. I like this. Lost. Y'all said three, right? No, you told me I could preach as long as I want to. That says I have 49 seconds. Oh, no, okay. I know Pastor Bobby goes over every Sunday. No, I'm I'm playing. He told me that. I, he told me that. I'm playing. Well, they laughed it like it's real, though. <laughs> say, loss, loss produces resurrection. Produces resurrection. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't hear that. <laughs> loss produces, res- I didn't say life, it produces resurrection. Some of you need the resurrection of a broken dream. Some of you need the Holy Spirit to resurrect an anointing on you that you went through some circumstances. No, listen, you've been through some circumstances. You even made some decisions and you've had to live through the circumstances of your decisions and it wasn't judgment. But now that you've lived through it, the word of the Lord is still over you, but you don't have what you had when he first told you. But what if he sees the end from the beginning and what if God knew you were going to do stupid before he gave you the promise and what you think is a failure has simply been the timing of God He gave you a word when you are perfect, but that's the word is still on you, even though that you are broken. Can I preach a minute? It is, it's appointed unto man first to die and then the judgment. I said it earlier. If you're not dead yet, then God can't judge you. No, you got to get this. Say, I'm still breathing. If you're not dead yet, then you, where's all my judgment preachers? You're out of the will of God. Judgment is Old Testament, New Testament is grace. If you want to preach judgment to me, I got to die first. It's appointed unto man first to die and then the judgment. Tell somebody, I'm still breathing. So if I'm still breathing, God has equated my failure into the future that He spoke over my life. Because if He was going to take me out when I made that mistake, I would have died at that failure i would have died at that sin i would have died at that addiction but somebody will jump up and say but i'm still here and since i'm and since i'm still here he has equated my failure into my future which means i had a word from the lord but i had to get in the will of the lord and i had to go through the ways of the lord uh, look at somebody and say is he making any sense is he making any sense say prophesy to what's left no, no 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 you don't get it because he wants to resurrect dead things I feel right now in this room God's resurrecting ministries and promises you say but preacher it's not possible when God gave me that I was married now I'm single what do you have left when God gave me that, I had a business. We declared bankruptcy. What do you have left? When God gave me that, I was a preacher, and I was everybody thought I was wonderful, and I messed up, made them say, what do you have left? When God gave me that, I was young, and I had a lot of health. And Now, did God give it, or did God not give it? Was it a word from the Lord, or was it not? Well, it was a word, but all I have left from that word is a few sticks. See, all I have left from that season is some brokenness. All I have left from that season is some leftovers. I want to preach here. All I have left from that season is is rejection. All I have left from that season is insecurity. All I have left from that season is fear. All I have left from that season is church hurt. All I have left from that season is an addiction. All I have left from that but I thought you had a word from the Lord. I thought you had a word from the Lord. I did have a word from the Lord. I did have a husband. I did have a word from the Lord. But all I have now is sticks. Who am I ushering? Who am I preaching to today? That all I have left is something that's been broken. All I have left is a remnant. Raise your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, transition us from preaching to prophetic. I feel the wind shifting in this room. I feel the wind shifting in this room. (laughs) And I've come today to speak to the sticks and to speak to the peril of meal. I've come to speak to the wheat that is left because I've come to tell you that what Joseph said, Joseph said in Genesis 45, he said, you sold me, but God sent me. You sold me, but God sent me. In chapter 50, he said, what you meant for evil, God has meant for my good. I'm talking to somebody. Would you please let the Holy Spirit deliver you from rejection, deliver you from feeling like somebody could manipulate you out of the will of God, that nobody can push you out of the will of God. And if all you have left is some sticks, then prophesy to them. Because you sold me, God sent me. See, you thought it was rejection, but it was really a setup. See, I'm talking to somebody in this room. I'm talking to this church. The enemy has tried to push you. See, I can't wait for you to get your new building because you can't do anything better. Your systems, your music, your next. I walked around so jealous today. I want to take all these kids with me. If I had all of them, and Alex and Hannah, good God Almighty, we could build a mega church. We could be the two bishops. We can start a new band called the two bishops. Get two big old thrones. Get that bass player that was thumping a while ago. That guy can groove over here. Get two big old thrones on the stage, and we can just sit there and be the bishops. Just kind of bebop around. You got everything you need. But what you've been waiting on is the Holy Spirit to disconnect everything negative, to disconnect every spirit of heaviness, to disconnect every spirit of overhaul, everything that has tried to weigh you down. And now you're stepping in the double. Somebody say double. Can I prophesy for what would happen? And I want you to say, all of you that's new, where's my people that's been a part of this church over five years? I want you to wave at me. Over five years, what would happen if God would double the blessing according to the attack this church has gone under? What would happen if every prophetic word you've heard would be doubled because of the attack that the enemy has brought on you and your family and this ministry? You ought to give God praise. You ought to go crazy. Here's what the Bible said. I'm going to read the message again, and all my Baptists aren't going to like it, but that's all right. Isaiah 61 and 7 in the message translation. I love it. He said, because you got a double dose of trouble. Because you got a double dose of trouble. Somebody's here preach preacher, you don't know. You don't know what I've been through. Nobody knows. But aren't you tired of looking at your trouble? And don't you want to start looking at what you got left? Aren't you tired of growing, crying, weeping over spilt milk and weeping over who left you, who don't love you, who wrote an email about you, who said you're not good looking, you're not fine? Honey, if everybody says I'm not fine, I'm fine somebody that's going to think I'm fine, baby. No, 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 no. Because you got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy, your joy, your joy. Somebody say Joy. I said it, but you got to get it. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is supernatural. So I can have joy when I don't feel happy. I can have joy when I don't see anything. But my joy has been doubled. But preacher, you got sick kids. I got joy. But preacher, you're struggling in your marriage. I've got joy. But preacher, you don't have much money. But I've got joy. Not only do I have joy, I got double joy. No, 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 no. As a matter of fact, I learned how to drive the devil crazy. You ready? See, some of y'all don't do that. You don't talk to the devil. I do. Yeah, come on. He's not there. I know that there's only one devil, but there's some demons, and they can hear what I'm saying. They can take a message to it. Yeah. I'm like, write a memo. Because, you know, people all the time say, all the time people say, I'm fighting the devil. I, you're not, you never met the devil? Who do you think you are? He is not omniscient. Our God is omniscient. Satan is not omniscient. He is bound by time, season. No, you don't want to get me started on there. But sometimes I need somebody to take a memo. And here's what I learned to do. Do you want to drive them crazy? Rejoice not against me, O oh my enemy, because when I fall, I shall arise. So if you, no, 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 no. If you want to really drive the devil crazy, here's what I want you to say. Say it with me. Say, Satan has fallen and you can't get up. But when I fall, I shall arise. When I fall, when I make a mistake, so I begin to praise God, tell somebody, I begin to praise God based on the level of the attack that I've been going through. Mm, Does that make sense to anybody? Breeze me. Say loss. Say, preacher, I didn't know loss did all that, but here's what happened. I'm going to go. we get to our text. I'm almost through. We'll be out by 3 o'clock. What should have killed you? I didn't say this first service, but I have to finish it today. What should have killed you is the very thing that's going to end up blessing you. What should? What should have killed you? That cancer testimony. That COVID testimony. That diabetes testimony. That car wreck testimony. That addiction testimony. That incarceration testimony. What should have. Killed you is the very thing's going to bless you. He's going to turn your barriers. See, this is why I need a real preacher voice in my organ. This is why, right there. Five things. He's going to turn my barriers into blessing, my water into sustenance, my pain into power, my shame into grace, and my abuse into strength. He's going to turn it around. Say prophesy. Come play him some hope. Come play him some hope. It's all right. Play him some hope. <laughs> See, when the musicians come, you think it's almost over. Psych. <laughs> so I bring to the text. I love you laughing. It's all right. I am almost too, because I bring to the text that what you have to understand. Yes, we always, I've always preached about Elijah and I've always preached about the word of the Lord coming to Elijah. But here's what he told Elijah. I have already spoken to a widow concerning you. So the widow had a word and the prophet had a word. Maybe the reason you're not getting anything happen is you're not going to the right people. Because there was only one woman in Sidon that had sticks in her hand and a word from the Lord at the same time. So he could have gone to any other woman and gave the same prophecy and nothing would have happened. But he had to go find somebody whose word in their heart matched the word in his mouth. That's why God is drawing so many of you to this house. That's why God is drawing so many of you to this prophet and to this family. Because what is in your heart is in their mouth. And if you can allow them to speak over you, what has been broken in your life will begin to multiply. What People said, well, I love you asking questions. How do you know she's a widow? Or as my Aunt Leveda would say, how did she know he's a widow woman? <laughs> the way he knew she was a widow is she was alone. Because a grown woman would never go in public, especially outside the gates, unescorted. And her son was not young enough to be a grown man, could not be escorted by a child, escorted to be a man. So if there's a woman unescorted, was either a prostitute or a widow. He knew she wasn't a prostitute because of her dress. And so he knew, alone, a the woman, there she is. So he walked up to her and said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm just taking my broken things. I'm going to mix it with meal and oil. I'm taking my brokenness and my flesh. And I'm going to lean on this little bit of oil. And I'm just going to do what I do. And I'm going to die. And the word of the Lord came to him. And he began to prophesy to what she had left. And he said, I want to speak to your sticks, and I want to speak to the meal, and I want to speak to the oil, and I want you to take everything you've got, but now I want you to take it with a word, and I want you to mix it together, and when I prophesy that everything you have left, you're not only not going to be hungry, your son's not going to be hungry, your whole household is not going to be hungry for the rest of the famine, because I'm going to prophesy for what's left. And this is the part that has blown my mind for months now, and she went and did say that she went and did according to the word of Elijah. What if this is a word for somebody? What if the Holy Spirit has sent me all the way from Austin, Texas, to tell you? Look at your hands. What do you have left? You don't want to know. It's not much. It's twigs. It sticks. Flour meal represents flesh. I have brokenness. I have flesh. My emotions. My feelings. Some of us are so in our feelings we can't even hear a word from the Lord because we've been so wounded, so fearful, so disconcerted. In this season, the Lord spoke to me and He said, "You're not fighting discouragement. You're not fighting depression. You're fighting disappointment." Can you imagine? My husband's dead. I'm a widow. I got a word from the Lord. The Lord spoke to me and said a prophet was coming. I got a word, but I don't see a prophet. All I see is sticks. So I'm just going to do what I do, and then come. In here comes the prophet according to the word of the Lord. People in this room didn't know when you came today, this was not just a sermon. Every eye closed, the Lord is bringing to your mind right now the remnants of what you have left, and I don't know what it is, but the oil represents the anointing. There are some of you in this room, you had ministries. You had ministries, you had callings, you anointing, and I—I I, I don't want anybody looking, but the ministry of this house and myself. But it, that's you, and you had a ministry, you had oil, but it just, it's just—it's just not what it was. It's just not pastor. It's just a little bit. It's not anything like what it was. But I want you to raise your hand. I want to see you cause, You still have something left, but it's not what it was. It's just a little bit, it's just a little trigger, it's just a little promise. Keep your hands up, keep your hands up. You had a dream, you had a ministry, you had an anointing, you had a promise, you had a purpose over your life. You had such destiny over your life, and it looks now I don't have any, I just have a little oil. Then I want to know who else am I talking to? You said it's not just oil, but I got some sticks which represent brokenness. All I've got prejudice of brokenness. I have a broken marriage, I have a broken family, I have a broken mind, I have a broken. Had broken dreams. Raise your hand. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to people all over the God. Look at them All over this room. Hey, Spirit of the Lord is moving right now. Spirit, of the, there's a deep healing in this room. And hey, then I have some meal. I have some flour, which represents flesh. See, there's some of you. Would you admit it right now, preacher? All I got a bunch of flesh. I got some angry. <laughs> I got some angry, lustful, prideful, prejudiced, bitter, mad flesh. All I got left is a bunch of hurt. Raise your hand. Who are you? Who are you? Where are you? Uh, but when you take it and put it together, what God's about to do is something new. What God's about to do is a loaf going to come out of the pancakes, going to come out of this. Tears are flowing. Would you keep all your hands over? I see tears flowing all over. I know what time it is it's time for me to go but I feel the Holy Spirit in this room there's a healing anointing but before we get to physical healing there's a spiritual anointing and I want every one of you that just raised your hands on one of those levels all three of those levels if you raised your hands I want you to jump up right now and throw both hands in the air Father in the name of Jesus I pray that the wind of anointing would begin to come in this room. That the angels of the Lord that encamp around about this room would begin to minister even now. That you would allow even there are people in this room that have given up their dreams. They have given up their dreams. They have given up their ambitions. They have given up their callings. They have given up their purpose. They have given up their destiny. They feel that they've been abandoned and rejected and set on a shelf. I just speak, live, 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 live. You will not starve. You will not die. You will not go into oblivion. You will not... pushed out and left over and pushed down. So for everyone resting with flesh with their hands up in the name of Jesus, we repent. And we bring our flesh under the oil. Because what do you do with meal? What do you do with flour? You grind it. (laughs) You grind it. You mix it with oil. And it begins to come together a whole new substance. That's what's happening to you. I'm not hands raised right now. The Holy Spirit is delivering people right now. But I feel that. Pastor's coming. We're going to pray with you. But I feel deliverance here right now. I, can you feel it? I feel it. Listen to you. Say, Pastor, I had a whole lot of flesh, but not after today. We're going to prophesy to what we have left. And that thing's coming in the submission to the Spirit. That thing's coming in the submission to the anointing. That's it. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That thing's coming in submission to the anointing. I've had flesh. I've had broken sticks, but now the oil, the oil represents healing and anointing. If you're sick in your body, if you're sick in your body, I want you to wave at me right now. If you're sick in your body, I know it's COVID. I know we're not doing big altar calls. Raise your hands. I'm releasing a healing anointing. The same anointing that will raise the dead. The same anointing that can cause blind eyes to open. I'm releasing right now. What do you have left? All I have is a limp left. All I have left is bad hearing. All I have left is a tumor. All I have left is bad lungs since COVID. All I have left right now, I have a limp. Right. What do you have left? Then prophesy. I speak life. I speak life. I speak life. I speak anointing. Now the rest of you, would you stand with me all over this room? Everyone in this room, raise your hands. And I want you to begin to open your mouth and begin to speak to the thing that you have left. Speak to that spouse. Speak to those children. Speak to that dream. Speak to that business. Speak to that career. Speak to that destiny. Speak to that word. Come on, prophesy. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend.